0: A day podcast.
1: What is up, friends? Welcome back to another draft episode of the Packaday Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Two more prospects for you today. We're going to be going over two more corners. We went over three yesterday. Two more today. We're going to be going over Joey Porter Jr., as well as Devon Witherspoon, two top tier players in this year's draft. Two players I'm very excited to break down. So, let's not waste any time. Let's start right away with Devon Witherspoon, a very fun player, a very fun corner that if you've had the opportunity to watch any tape on, I have a feeling you probably liked him in some capacity. He's 5'11 and a half. And when it comes to corners, like you probably haven't heard me talk of like in three eighths or four, not like any of that, like with corners, every half inch matters. So he is 5'11 and a half, 181 pounds, a senior corner out of the University of Illinois. He just turned 22 in December so he will be 23 obviously this december um, so good age he did have a incomplete ras score ras relative athletic score etc 66th percentile height 22nd percentile weight he definitely is on the slighter side he had the 83rd percentile 40-yard dash with a 4 4 5, 40 so good there, but did no other testing. He didn't do the agility testing. He didn't do the broad jump, didn't do the vert, didn't do the bench, etc. So a very limited athletic profile for Devon Witherspoon. As far as his overall completion percentage per PFF, in 2019, he had 148 coverage snaps, allowed nine completions on 19 attempts, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks, a 76 rating, one penalty, two pass breakups. In 2020, came back with 219 coverage snaps, 23 out of 33 for 381 yards allowed, 4 touchdowns, 2 picks, a 122.6 rating, no penalties, no pass breakups, by far his worst season in 2020. In 2021, he comes back with 358 snaps in coverage, 34 for 58, 421 yards, 1 touchdown, no picks, an 86.9 rating, 5 penalties, but 6 pass breakups, and then the big year, the year that got him on everyone's radar, 424 coverage snaps, 22 completions on 62 attempts, 22 of 62 when quarterbacks threw at Devon Witherspoon again per PFF, only 206 yards allowed on 62 pass attempts. That is unbelievable. Zero touchdowns, three picks, For a 25.3 passer rating, literally would be better to snap the ball and chuck it into the ground immediately or throw it into the stands or anything else than throw at Devon Witherspoon in 2022. He did have six penalties, which is the only bad thing you could possibly say, which isn't that many again in what 424 coverage snaps with 14 pass breakups. So you threw at him 22 of 62 only 206 yards, no touchdowns, three picks, a 25.3 rating, and 14 pass breakups. Just absolutely insane numbers for Witherspoon this past season. Overall in his career, 1149 coverage snaps 88 out of 172 for 1168 yards, five touchdowns, five picks, 70.6 passer rating, 12 penalties on Witherspoon, but 22 pass breakups, also had a forced fumble and two sacks in his career. So this past season, 2022, he really exploded on the scene and showed absolutely everyone what he was capable of. And like I said, throwing at Devon Witherspoon was not exactly a great idea this past season. Now, as far as grading goes, PFF in 2019 gave him a 60 65.4 grade on 389 snaps. In 2020, a 68.1 grade on 467 snaps. 2021, 69.3 grade on 740 snaps. And then this past season, a 92.0 grade, including a 92.5 coverage grade on 738 snaps. So I've talked about it on almost all these prospects. He got better year over year, just incrementally better from 2019 to 2020 to 2021, but then again, exploded in 2022 with one of the better, uh, you know, just past defense seasons that you'll see in college, NFL, etc. One of the things that I will say about Devon Witherspoon is if you look at him, you just look at him, I'm not talking about looking at the tape, I'm saying looking at him as a corner and just sort of his build and even his athletic profile, what you would expect is a slighter corner, little bit low on weight, good 44540 4, speed, probably going to be somebody who's really sticky in coverage, maybe some uh you know clicking close ability, maybe some ability to change directions, some ability to you know have some long speed down the field, but probably isn't super physical, you know probably isn't great at the you know maybe the catch point, maybe some contested catch situations are trouble. He is the exact opposite corner that you would expect. Some of the deep ball stuff, the speed stuff actually gives him some trouble. He's susceptible from, you know, for some double moves, which i will talk about more in just a moment. He's not exactly sticky in coverage, but he will knock the actual snot out of you. Like he is a physical corner. He wants to tackle. He wants to set the tone. So almost the exact opposite from a slighter, smaller corner, you're thinking coverage, maybe not physical. He is physical for days, sets the tone, but isn't always the stickiest in coverage. So it's just very interesting that he's, like I said, basically the exact opposite of what you would be expecting. All right, let's go through his positives. He is a modern day off-ball corner who isn't afraid to come up and, like I said, knock the snot out of you. Like He is a hitter, he is physical, and he will just bring like exactly what you need out of an off-ball zone corner. We've seen it in Green Bay where Joe Barry wants to play this, you know, hey, let's not get beat deep, let's play off coverage, let's keep everything in front of you. That's all Sounds fine until you don't have corners who can tackle. Well, Witherspoon fits that bill to a T. He can play off coverage all day long because he will come up, make a firm tackle, get you to the ground, and you'll be able to live to see another down. And that was something he was extremely good at at the University of Illinois and is going to transfer over incredibly well into the NFL. He plays intense, physical, passionate football and what I would call a contagious demeanor. You know how you just need that one guy on your team and specifically maybe that one guy in your defense if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan you know PJ Tucker was uh, how important to their NBA championship run that defense just needed that guy that that demeanor that intensity that whatever you want to call it they needed that in order to win a championship every team needs a Devon Witherspoon he is just going to bring that passion that hard hitting, that just defensive mentality, like every single play matters. And that if I allow a completion on this play, or if I don't allow, or if I allow a, you know, a a broken tackle or whatever on this play, like it's the end of the world. Like he just plays like that down in and down out. Now how his body holds up to that over the course of a NFL career and him playing that style, that's a legitimate question that you may have to ask, but He is going to be that guy that you watch on tape and immediately fall in love with just for the demeanor that he plays with. And that is absolutely something that Green Bay needs on this team is just that guy. That demeanor, and hopefully, like I said, it's a contagious demeanor where everyone else wants to play exactly like he's playing because you don't want to look like a you know jerk in comparison. That guy's flying around the field and hitting anything that moves, and you're just kind of jogging to the ball. That's not going to look great, right? So he is going to raise the level of intensity for everyone else on the field just by the way that he plays. And like I said, everyone's going to love Devon Witherspoon in some capacity. He's not a perfect prospect. We're going to go over all of that in just a moment, but the intensity that he brings to your team you are going to absolutely love. I love that he can play outside or in the slot. I think he has tremendous versatility in that regard. There's no panic at the catch point whatsoever. This he has a little bit of Jair Alexander mentality to him where he just you know, he is going to compete every single down. There's no panic, there's no anything. It's just I'm going to go play. I'm going to live to see another down if I need to. I'm going to give everything that I got and it's just Like that's the way that he plays ball and there's no panic whatsoever. He has an incredible confidence and swagger to him. And those are the type of corners that you love having on your team. Has very impressive ball skills as evidenced by his, all the past breakups that he's had in college, as well as some of those interceptions. He's, you know, he reads wide receivers very well, reads their eyes, reads their hand, knocks the ball away at exactly the right moment. Couple of that with the fact that he doesn't panic at the catch point and it's going to lead to a lot of pass breakups. He did have some penalties. It's just the way that he plays. It's going to happen from time to time. But if you you know get the results that you're looking for, you can live with a penalty here or there, uh, especially the, again with the way that he plays the game. He is a good blitzer, both as a pass rusher off the edge, going towards the quarterback, but you can also use him as a run blitzer. He can set the edge. And like I said, don't even worry about his frame or his size. He's going to get in there. He's going to find a way to make a play. And again, you just absolutely love his mentality. He is made for an aggressive, hard-hitting zone defense, which I think Joe Barry would absolutely love to have. He wants to play that off zone coverage and they just don't necessarily have the guys that fit it really well. Devon Witherspoon would fit that very well. And as mentioned earlier, literally every team needs a player like Devon Witherspoon. Doesn't necessarily have to be a corner. Could be a defensive lineman, could be an edge, could be a linebacker, could be a safety. Doesn't matter, but you need that guy with that intensity and Devon Witherspoon is going to bring that game in and game out. Now, as far as negatives go, he is very overaggressive at times, and he is very susceptible to double moves. That's something he's going to have to work on in the NFL. He has the potential to give up some very big plays. I know we just talked about the numbers and how good he was specifically this past season, but there was far too much separation uh, for what you would like to see out of a cover corner, especially somebody that you're potentially taking in the top ten, top fifteen of the draft. You watch him. And like I said, there's just a little bit too much separation for your liking for somebody, again, that you're spending a premium draft pick on. So that's something that he's going to have to clean up. And I do think there is potential for him to give up big plays. He doesn't have great makeup speed. He doesn't have great acceleration. His change of direction can certainly use some work. So those are things that are going to give him some trouble in the NFL. He does have some stiffness in his hips. This is not your fluid, squeaky hip Jair Alexander who can just you know wiggle and uh, do everything that he needs to and change directions at a moment's notice. That's not what Devon Witherspoon is. I wouldn't say that he is just straight line speed and doesn't have any agility. I think he's okay, but he's not a top end mover, change of direction, like I said, oily hip type of guy. And that, again, is just gonna limit your ceiling in some capacity. Uh, He is going to have trouble with some, you know, uh, consistent man coverage. I think he's made more for zone and not as much for man. That's going to be something that if he wants to be an all-around corner, if he wants to be a top corner, he's going to have to continue to work at his man coverage, his technique. He's going to have to probably be a little bit more physical, rerouting some wide receivers, and he's just going to have to not bite on those double moves. And he's just going to have to become more technically sound as a man-to-man corner. And while he tested 4 uh, you know, at the combine, I didn't see that speed specifically on tape. And it wouldn't, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily shock me the four, four, five, but what you see with that sort of lack of change of direction, it's like when he starts getting going, it almost like takes him a second to like rev back up, and I think that that lack of change of direction and that you know half second it takes for him to get revved back up almost to getting to that four, four, five, forty speed, is what can give him trouble. And that's where it's some of that makeup speed where if he does bite or if he does get, you know, um, you know, double moved on him or whatever. Like you see Jair Alexander who might bite on something, but then the you know wide receiver goes by and Jair can just flip his hips and run four, three, forty speed right back there and still make a play on the ball. With Witherspoon, if he makes that jump up and bites on that double move, He doesn't have that quick ability to change direction, spin around, or that quick acceleration to get back in the play. And that's where you see some of that separation and that potential to give up some big plays. As far as a scheme fit goes, he fits Joe Barry's scheme perfectly, assuming they keep it the same. We don't know what it's actually going to look like in 2023. We saw them put some more man concepts in towards the end of last year. If I had to guess, I think Matt LaFleur might want to play a little bit more man, a little bit more physical, a little bit more aggressive. I think Joe Barry wants to play a little bit more soft, a little bit more off, and then go and tackle the guy in front of you. If it's Joe Barry's way, Devon Witherspoon fits perfectly. If it's more man-to-man coverage, then he probably does not fit very well. I do love that he can play outside and in the sl- Slot, which would fit Green Bay from day one, and I think he would be their. Sorry, Keyshawn Nixon, he would become their number one slot corner from day one and give them a really fun option on the inside. As far as the ceiling goes, Doug Farrar brought up an interesting player, Sam Madison, going back far in the day. For those of you who watch the old Miami Dolphins teams, I I do think there's a little Sam Madison to him. My comp for him is Jack Jones, the New England Patriots corner from this past season. I think he's a more physical Jack Jones, is how I would sort of translate Devon Witherspoon and a floor. Again, we're going all over the place here. Corn Elder was a corner who had some great speed and, um, you know, had the ability to, you know, kind of come up, make a hit, but like, he, you know, didn't have the fluidity either. Like that type of player who kind of, you know, didn't he's stuck in the league for a while, but just was never very good. That's probably the floor for Witherspoon. So ceiling is more of like a, a Sam Madison or a more physical Jack Jones. My comp is Jack Jones. The floor is probably like a Cornelder. What he brings to Green Bay, demeanor, intensity, fight every play like his life depends on it a great scheme fit, assuming again, it's Joe Barry scheme and a really fun piece at slot cornerback who's going to come in and help you from day one and be a very fun piece. Like you can talk about Rizul Douglas and Jair on the outside with Witherspoon in the slot. That is a very, very fun corner group that can match up in a variety of different ways. Like if you had a more shiftier corner on the inside, let's say Justin Jefferson goes inside, you can move Witherspoon on the outside with Rizul on the other side and Jair on the slot. Like you can just mix and match in a variety of different ways. You have a bigger, more physical, wide receiver, all right, that's going to be Razul. Shiftier wide receiver, that's going to be Jair. And then you just need that intensity, that physicality, and then Witherspoon's going to be able to bring a variety of different flavors to the table. So I think that would give you some really fun fits at corner. Is there value at 15? I think absolutely. Again, I think if we're looking at this, there's more likelihood that he's gone at 15 than he's available at 15. But if he is there, I think the value certainly could be there would Green Bay do it? That's a more interesting conversation. His height is good overall. Like it's not great, but it fits Green Bay's thresholds, but his weight is going to be a major concern. I don't think he would have tested well in the agility drills, which is something Green Bay values a ton. And I'm not sure how he would have tested in the vert and the broad jump. We know Green Bay has this liking for high-end athletes that test really well. I'm not sure if Witherspoon would have done the testing that he would have fit very well. And that could just move him down Green Bay's board, but the intensity, the demeanor, the way he plays football, his ability to play in the slot, coming and help from day one—all of that is going to be something that Green Bay, especially with where this draft is at, he's a premium position player. The numbers last year were incredible. I think Green Bay is going to have to at least pause and think if that's somebody that they would really consider at pick fifteen. I guess based on his testing, is is minimal weight. Those things I'm gonna say probably not, but I don't think it's entirely out of the question either.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And that brings us to Joey Porter Jr., 6'2 a half. 193 pounds, a redshirt junior corner out of Penn State. He's 22 years old, will turn 23 in July. Um, had a 9.71 RAS score, but did not complete the agility testing, which, spoiler, he would not have tested well in. Had a 98th percentile height, 68th percentile weight, 84th percentile bench press, 54th percentile vert, 92nd percentile broad jump, and 80th percentile 40 yard dash with a 4.4640. Now, in coverage per PFF, 2019, 49 coverage snaps, three of four, 55 yards, one touchdown, 156.3 rating, one penalty, one pass breakup. Not much of a sample size there. In 2020, 216 coverage snaps, 21 of 31, 215, four touchdowns, no picks, a 127 rating, no penalties, two pass breakups. 2021, 391 coverage snaps, 33 of 55, 370, two touchdowns, one pick, 84.7 84. rating, 10 penalties in 2021, that's quite a bit, and then three pass breakups, and then his best season in 2022, 275 coverage snaps, 15 of 30, only 143 yards, teams did not throw at him often, zero touchdowns, zero picks, 63.6 rating, three penalties, and nine pass breakups. Total in his career, quarterbacks went 72 of 120, 783 yards, seven touchdowns, one pick, a 95.2 rating. He had 14 penalties, 15 pass breakups, also added in a forced fumble and a sack. As far as grades go per PFF in 2019 had 80 snaps with a 60.7 grade to 2020, 415 snaps with a 69.6 grade 2021, 769 snaps with a 67.2 grade and 2022, 440 snaps with a 73.2 grade did get better, but not like a super aggressive, you know, um, You know, exponential curve by any means did play his best season in 2022 teams didn't target him a ton didn't play a ton. Um, Like I said, only what 440 snaps was it? Uh, Yeah, 440 snaps this past season. So uh, but overall, uh, you could see his growth, you could see him continue to get better. And I think there is a legitimate expectation that his best football is clearly ahead of him. As far as positives go, we'll start with the NFL bloodlines. He is, of course, the son of uh, Joey Porter and has just natural football skills. You can see it on tape. Uh, Somebody comped him. I think it was, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, his comp, and we'll get to what I think his comp is in just a moment, but somebody's like, It would literally be like if Joey Porter was a corner, like the uh, linebacker Joey Porter. Like imagine Joey Porter, but as a thinner corner, like that is very much like how he plays football. He's a natural football player. He's physical. He's aggressive. He's tough. Like he's everything that you would expect Joey Porter to be at a cornerback position. Like it fits very, very well. He's very passionate about the game. Not quite to the level of maybe a Devon Witherspoon, but you can tell it matters to him. This is another one of those that just felt like he was made to play NFL. Like I don't know that he was like... I don't know that you talk about him and be like, man, he is just a natural corner, but I do talk about him and say he is a very natural football player and you can just see a lot of the stuff on the field comes to him very naturally. He can play physical press man coverage on the outside and reroute wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. This is another one of those outside corners where, you know, some outside corners are just going to struggle with bigger, more physical wide receivers. He can hang with those type of wide receivers. That's what he's made for. And if you want to go against some of the top more physical wide receivers in the league, you need a guy like that on your team. Right now, Green Bay kind of has Razul. Jair can cover just about anyone, Uh, but you like having a different flavor of corner that, you know, Joey Porter would bring to the table. And, you know, they, they don't necessarily have that bigger, taller, more physical corner on the roster right now. So they would get, you know, Porter would give them something a little bit different. I do think he can play off coverage, react, and lay a hit on a wide receiver, but we're going to talk about some of his limitations in off coverage in just a moment. I thought he continued to get better year after year. As I mentioned earlier, he can play bigger, more physical wide receivers, and he really knows how to utilize his length. He has a wingspan for days. The height is incredible. And this is one of those corners where, like, we can talk about straight line speed, we can talk about, um, you know, the agility and those sort of things he has the ability to get up at the line of scrimmage, press you, and then just make things so difficult. And because of his length and because of his wingspan, we talk about like catch radius for wide receivers, right? He has like the anti catch radius. Like he's just arms for days, length for days. And if you're a quarterback looking over at him, it just like, even if the wide receiver has a step or two, you look over there and he's just so long and tall. Like he, the the corner or the wide receiver still looks covered. And even if you throw it, like he has the ability, like his speed's not terrible. And then with his length and his arms and his wingspan and everything to just knock some of those passes away at the last moment, where, like I said, as a quarterback, you look over and even with the wide receiver having a step, he looks covered. And even if he does have a step, and even if you do throw it, like he still might make the play because of his length. And that length really pays dividends for him, both jamming the wide receiver at the line of scrimmage, but also making plays at the point of attack. And I I think there's some corners like that where you can get all caught up in the agility and the speed and things like that but if you're rerouting guys at the line of scrimmage staying physical they can't get separation it throws off the timing they look covered because of their size, because of your size at corner and then you throw and they still might bat it away at the end like there's just a lot of value in those guys especially again those guys that can hang with the bigger more physical wide receivers as far as negatives go the agility and the change of direction on tape just was not what you would ideally want If we're going to play off coverage and Porter's on one side playing off coverage, some of the in-breaking stuff is going to give him a lot of trouble. If he does get beat off the line, again, wide receivers who are more nuanced can get in and out of their breaks and can shake people and are more technically sound. They're going to give Joey Porter problems. So Porter's going to be very reliant upon his length and physicality at the line of scrimmage. But if the wide receiver gets a free release, if the wide receiver is able to, you know, kind of get Porter turned around a little bit, or if we start getting into a battle of change of direction, Porter is gonna lose that all day, every day. And that can become a major problem. He did test of the four four six forty. I didn't think he played like that on tape. I thought he looked more of like a four, five, three ish guy, which it may not sound like much. What's really the difference between four, four, six and four, five, three, but it matters. And more importantly, who cares what it tested as it just didn't look quite that fast on tape. And I don't think he has great straight line speed overall. I don't think that's something that you would say. Yeah. He's just really fast on the field. I think his, you know, overall he has the size and kind of those big, long steps for a corner that is, is going to keep him in the play. I don't think he has bad speed, but I don't think it's necessarily a strength of his either. Like I said, in breaking routes are going to give him trouble in coverage. I think his limitations in off coverage and with those, you know, with the lack of change of direction, the lack of fluidity, I think that may make him a very scheme specific corner. That's going to have to play more man-to-man coverage because they have him on the team. And I do think he does play a little bit too physical within the route. Gets a little bit grabby at times, a little bit handsy. I think more often than not, he's going to get away with some of the stuff that he does, but it could be something if you're playing, you know, more, you know, like a, an officiating crew that's more willing to throw flags on that stuff. You could see him get flagged a few times throughout the course of a game for being a little bit too physical within the route. As far as scheme fit goes, he is a press man corner all day, every day. I do think he can play a little bit off, but you don't want to make a habit of it. And that, again, could very much limit his value in Green Bay. As far as a ceiling goes, I do see some Richard Sherman to him. I think that is if if you told me he played at the top top level of his game, I think you could see some legitimate Richard Sherman type tape. His floor is like a little bit more physical Isaiah Oliver, a second round pick, a what handful of years now. Uh, Colorado, if if memory serves, Atlanta Falcon still in the league to this day. He's a more physical version of Isaiah Oliver on even the bottom end side. And then my comp, I, I I struggled to come up with a a perfect comp. I'm going to say Marlon Humphrey with a little less natural coverage skills and a little bit more physicality. That's the type of corner I kind of see on tape. I think you could kind of match that level of player. Uh, and I think that's ultimately the type of, you know, type of player he'll become in the NFL. Maybe not perfect comp, like exactly what Marlon Humphrey is on tape, but that type of player, you're getting a really good corner is basically what I'm trying to say. I think he brings to Green Bay a more physical outside corner, probably an eventual Rizul Douglas replacement. As far as whether or not Green Bay would do it, kind of like Witherspoon, I think you'd at least have to pause and think about it and think what he could potentially bring to your defense. Again, I love the bloodlines. I think he's a natural football player. Don't necessarily think he's always a natural corner, but I think he makes up for it a lot with his length, his physicality, and just his natural football demeanor. The issue here too is that he's an outside corner. We talked about this with some of the other corners. If you're getting another outside corner, Razul's outside, Jair's outside, Stokes is outside. You don't wanna make a living of playing Jair in the slot. Razul couldn't hang in the slot. I don't believe Eric Stokes is a slot guy. I certainly don't believe Joey Porter is a slot guy. So you just end up coming with, a log a log jam at outside corner and just not enough guys to play inside corner. So that could become a little bit of an issue and they're going to have to weigh out if they want to take another outside corner at this point in the draft. I think both, again, would have to be considered in some capacity. My gut says neither probably ends up in Green Bay, but if you told me one did, I'd probably put more money on Devon Witherspoon. And again, if either team, if either player does end up on the board, Green Bay should at least pause and think about it. And obviously it's just going to depend upon their board, but maybe more importantly, if either of these guys are on the board, when Green Bay is up to select, I do think it does give Green Bay some value because I have a feeling teams are going to want to move up. It probably is the last of the three corners. It probably means Christian Gonzalez is gone. It probably means one of these two guys is already gone and the top corner remaining on the board, whether it be Porter or Witherspoon at this point it's probably the most premium player left at some point. And if Green Bay doesn't want them, then they should definitely move down because some other team is probably going to be willing to move up to get one of these two guys. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already, but until next time, and as always, Go Packo.